This show contains movie spoilers and swearing. That's completely throwing me off. Sorry, what film are we talking about? Is it The Rocketeer? Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> hello and welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema. I'm your host, RJ McCready. And for this episode, I could be taking you guys back to a year in 2014 to look at the Marvel Universe, uh, which is going to be Captain America, The Winter Soldier. And joining me for the show today, I've got two very special guests. Um, first guest is Gary Hill from Cinema Beef Podcast. Gary, how are you doing, buddy? Well, after that trip to outer space, man, my head kind of hurts, but I, I woke up and I said, Gary Shandling? Really? Come on, brother. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I- I'm here, man. I'm a little bewildered about this, this whole uh, uh, government conspiracy stuff, but here we are. So, Gary, being in now space could be like uh, Buck Rogers or something like that, are you? Coming back after 500 years. <laughs> see, see, now I'm on, on the podcast with an awkward boner. I'm thinking about Aaron Gray now, see, so, you know. Well. That that, that, that that purple suit, man. Well, this is it, mate. You know, hope, hopefully being in, um, you know, Frosted or whatever it is, that something might have fallen out for you as well. With Aaron Gray, I'm oh, sure yeah. that'll happen. <laughs> Oh, it, it'll put the thaw mode on real fast enough. Uh, She's still hot today, so oh, there you she, go. She is stunning. She is stunning. And uh, also joining me for the show today is Derek Bourgeois, another fellow podcaster. Derek, how you doing, buddy? Oh, you know, watching that hot, skinny kiss between Captain America and Black Widow on that escalator. Oh, yeah. Got my boiled boil. <laughs> I knew we were going to get there. I didn't realise we were going to get there that fast, uh, Derek. But <laughs> yeah, let's bring this into it. Yeah, that's right. Black Widow. Um, but no, you guys can have Black Widow. I'm quite happy with, uh, what's it, uh, Kobe Smulders in this movie. Oh, yeah, she's got tight leather too. I know oh. you stylist. I, I prefer her in a denim outfit singing Let's Go to the Mall any day of the week, man. You know, it's a... Uh... That's a How I Met Your Mother reference, if you guys don't know. <laughs> yep, yep, I know. <laughs> Friggin' um, Robin Sparkles, man, doing her thing. But, um, I've got to say, I've got a little bit of a man crush on Captain America in this one. I think if I had caught Sarfs on the show, man, I think he'd be agreeing with me with that one, because he said there's nothing wrong with a man crush either. So I thought I'd just throw that one in there as well. It, it is America's ass, RJ, so you, you uh... <laughs> You're okay with that, you know? Oh, I'm glad you guys are all right with that, you know, just just for I'll put that one out there, do you know what I mean? So, but before we get into um, Captain America, uh, Gary, what have you been up to? Oh, here and there, you know, breaking next cash and checks, uh, recording a show or two here and there in between. Just uh, li- li- living life in the... In, in, uh, in the supposed lockdown era, I'm, I'm, I'm fine though. Yeah, I'm doing that's okay. right. 
That's right, 2020, we're almost surviving it, guys. We can almost get in there with it. And uh, Derek, how, how about yourself, mate? You been all right? Still yeah, surviving? Just been working, yeah. surviving in the game, you know, just waiting to try to make it till the fat man comes out so I can watch it because I just watched the trailer for that. I'm like, I need to see this movie, Fat Man. Oh, I... So bad. All oh, right, okay. What? Well, I... I'm a little bit unfamiliar with that. It's it's pretty it's pretty much a, a movie about a kid who gets coal for Christmas from Santa Claus and he hires a hitman to kill Santa. Right. Okay. And and, and Mel Gibson is Santa Claus. Oh, okay. the Mel Gibson Santa Claus movie. Right. Okay. Yeah. I get that now. Yeah. That's it. Right. Uh, <laughs> I do know. It's hilarious. <laughs> you got you got Walt you got Walton Goggins in that movie too, which I I feel could do no wrong ever. So I'm looking forward to seeing it too. Well, I'm looking forward to the next uh, Nicolas Cage installment. I know he's still he makes loads of movies, but the Wonderland movie I'm a little bit curious of. So yeah, uh, that yeah, does that look good. Too. <laughs> yeah, Nicolas Cage fighting animatronic dolls or something. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm liking the sound of that actually. Whoa. Dolls, yo. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I leave the uh, Nicolas Cage stuff for uh, Dan Bone when he's on the episode. He does the does a wicked impression of uh, Nicolas Cage. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. So, we're not going to talk, we're not talking about Nicolas Cage or animatronics or anything like that, but we're going to be talking about Winter Soldiers today. So, guys, uh, Let's get on that motorbike, let's take on Hydra, uh, let's play you guys a trailer, and we'll see you soon. Coming up on the drop zone, Cap. You do anything fun Saturday night? Well, all the guys in my barbershop quartet are dead, so... No, not really. You know, if you ask Kristen out from statistics, you'd probably say yes. That's why I don't ask. Too shy or too scared? Too busy! Was he wearing a parachute? No. No, he wasn't. I joined S.H.I.E.L.D. to protect people. Captain. To build a better world? Sometimes means tearing the old one down. And that makes enemies. Are you ready? For the world to see you as you really are? You look out the window. You know how the game works. Disorder, war. All it takes is one step. We're gonna neutralize a lot of threats before they even happen. Thought the punishment usually came after the crime. Shield takes the world as it is, not as we'd like it to be. This isn't freedom, this is fear. open. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Your work has been a gift to mankind. You've shaped the century. And I need you to do it one more time. You're up. It's time.
And welcome back, guys. Um, so the synopsis of this film is as Steve Rogers struggles to embrace his role in the modern world. He teams up with fellow Avenger and S.H.I.E.L.D. agent the Black Widow to battle a new threat from history, an assassin known as the Winter Soldier. It's a PG-13, came out in 2014, it's got 7.7 on IMBD and it was directed by the Russo brothers and it kicks off phase 2 in the Marvel Universe. So um, Gary, I've posted this a couple of times on Facebook and you've piped up and said yep I like this movie and you jumped on board today because I was originally going to do this as a solo episode but I've now got two fellow podcasters joining me for this show um, so Gary Winter Soldier Man why do you like this movie? well you know I, I like the espionage stuff I always have and that this is full of it and you get some of the best cap in this movie some of the best fights with cap in this movie like one on one stuff you know and yeah. uh We'll talk about it later. There's a scene in an elevator oh, that, yeah. that everybody shines on, which you should because mm. it's some great hand-to-hand combat, great stuff with him and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um. This this is probably in. If I had to guess, um, this Thor Ragnarok yeah. and, and I, an undisclosed third are probably my top three favorite Marvel films of mm-hmm. all time. Yeah, it's um, it's funny you bring in Ragnarok because the first two four movies are okay, but when he got they're to kinda, Ra- they're, they're kind of dull. You know, when Taika takes over, they're ama- It's amazing. You know? Yeah, and then it's almost like what 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 I've seen in the Marvel universe is you had the first two four movies then you've had Iron Man which kind of kicked it off but then along came Guardians of the Galaxy and it was almost like they just introduced a lot of humour and it was almost like the four movies I, I, I kind of get the impression that they made Rag, Ragnarok based on the humour of the Guardians of the Galaxy and thought oh you know this is fun let's, let's inject well, that this is this is unrelated to, to this movie, of course, but the yeah. comedic timing of Chris Hemsworth is highly underrated because mm. you see him doing the comedy stuff. Yeah, it's 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 hilarious because he's good at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, that that Ghostbusters film was garbage, but the, the points where he shows up are the real shining points for oh, me. I, I what, agree. What, 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 what he says that he's going to a kickball tournament and he's serious about that shit I can't stop laughing yeah. come on now you know he's the best part of that Ghostbusters reboot at all he's like I don't even like the cameos in that movie because they're like why why you know like the whole movie is why but then Chris Hemsworth actually shines in his performance right. I love that his character is wearing eyelidless glasses the whole time yeah <laughs> so he's, supposed, he's, he's, supposed to, he's supposed to be the bimbo I love it come yeah. on now it's uh yeah, it's almost yeah, like he's, he's, been, he's been let he got let off the chains with uh, Ragnarok, didn't he? And obviously, was it Endgame? He's he's a hilarious in him when he finds his own was it Valhalla or something? Thor. Yeah, all Yeah, Thor. Yeah, you know, he's just <laughs> go and do your stuff, Chris. That's it. You know, we let we let you off the chains. But um. Yeah, I think this film, uh, going back to Captain America, Winter Soldier, I think it definitely has gone up a level from, obviously, the the first Avenger film before this. 
which is the introduction that you need but I think it's almost like when I watched this film it's almost like I thought man the Russo brothers have created a film just for me <laughs> I know it sounds a little selfish but I was watching this film I thought oh my god you know it's got espionage in it it, it, it felt like um, I, I got some elements of escape from New York in this as well where you kind of got the anti-heroes and almost like Snake Plissken not trusting the government and all that sort of stuff so it kind of had a little bit of a John Carpenter thing about it as well which I know I always bring up on my show um, and it's badass, it's very fast paced, it's got a very witty script and it's almost like uh, the Marvel Universe is telling you it's going to introduce you to other characters as well because you've also got a, a mention of Doctor Strange in this movie as well just mm-hmm. sort of blinking you miss um, and it's kind of like, a, it could almost be like a standalone Marvel movie as well, just based on the espionage. And um, also, Captain America, he's he's fought the Nazis. He's ended up ditching himself into the ice, and then he's woken up to modern day times. And it's almost like he's dealing with an unknown me- enemy. Um, you know, who do you trust? I, stuff I, like that. I can't, I can't come down on the first movie because I love it probably just as much as this movie yeah. for, for, for different, for different reasons. I mean, first of all, it was directed by Joe Johnston right. who hasn't made a film I haven't liked. I mean, the rock, the rocketeer, oh. Jumanji, uh, what else is there? October sky, Jurassic park three, not so much, but it's there. Yeah. But, um, I don't mind Jurassic park three. I'm, I've just got to say that. <laughs> I don't think he did Pleasantville, but. That's that's an interesting conversation to have. I had that conversation with Xport about Pleasantville, but um, I had no. Yeah, way. the Rocket. The, the, well, I, I'm sorry. I was, no, I was gonna say, Gary. I didn't realize he um, directed the Rocketeer. That makes oh, sense well, because when you watch the first Captain America, I do get like Rocketeer vibes, especially with the outfits and shit. Yeah, that, uh, it's funny now you mentioned that. I, it's almost like I'm not going to be able to unsee that now when I watch it again. So. Oh, I, I don't ever unsee the Rocketeer, and most of that's Jennifer Connelly and her uh, Betty Page outfits in that movie, you know. Well, and the Dolphin. You know, I reckon we could probably just do a whole podcast on her. <laughs> just just do it, man. Just on her scenic career opportunities when she's riding the horse. Yes. Just just call, just call the show Awkward Boners, the Jennifer Connelly episode, okay, you know? Coming soon. Don't tell Ricky Morgan that he'd be making it into a show. You're putting that on top of the other 10 shows he's already got going. I'll I'll make it into a You Know It's Awesome episode. (laughs) (laughs) Awkward boner. (laughs) We love you, Rick. Oh, we love Ricky Morgan, yeah. Always always love to shout him out. Oh, man. I knew we'd be going on tangents with this. Um... I've lost my thread now. Bringing in Jennifer Connolly into the episode, man. Well, <laughs> well, well, Jenny, Jenny, Jenny Agutter shows up in this movie too. So, but she's not as attractive as she once was. But she was naked a lot in things. So there's that. Oh yeah, she got her tits out in Logan's Run back in the seventies. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, walk about. She's naked through the whole movie almost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's the first um, outing by the Russo brothers 
And uh, they come back again, don't they, for Infinity War and Endgame. Civil War 2, they did. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, Marvel, they've done a lot of good stuff for them, haven't they? You know, they've brought in the money. They brought Not only have they brought in the bucks, but they brought in some good... Um, entries to the you know Marvel universe. Yeah, even looking at like their Avengers like movies that they did. Yeah, they they stand apart from the Whedon ones indefinitely. I like the Whedon ones for different reasons, but these ones feel more raw and gritty when you watch like Endgame and especially like the endings of both of them. They're like whoa, like, like add the emotion to. The movies and shit, where you don't really get that with Whedon, you know. No, you've also got but, um, is it John? Is it John Favney in these? The is it the film yeah. director, uh, writer? Yeah. He's pretty yeah. much Favreau did a first Iron Man, second Iron Man, I think. Yeah, Shane Black did the third Iron Man. Yeah, and now he's making that Mandalorian money, so. It's almost like, because I know he did um, Cowboys and Aliens, which I don't think it did very well, did it, at the cinema. I think it almost flopped. But, but I enjoy it, though. Man. I enjoy the hell of that movie. Yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, great. Yeah, big, big, big money sci-fi films don't make money, unfortunately, and that's one of those casualties of that. He, he did that Jungle Book remake, too. Oh, no, don't, don't, don't make Gary cry now, Derek. <laughs> bad news, you know. He also made Elf as well, didn't he? He did do Elf. He did Elf, so he's made a Christmas movie and he's hit the Mandalorian and he's coming to Marvel. So it's almost like he's got that sort of minus touch at the moment, isn't it? Do you know, whatever he does just seems to be uh, able to turn it into gold, you know? Uh, per personal hero of mine, he, he portrayed the role of Gutter in PCU. Right. Which, if you haven't seen that movie, that's the Jeremy Piven Animal House uh, ripoff from the 90s. Oh, and yeah. Gutter, Gutter is uh, his burnout friend, played by John Favreau. And it's it's magical when him and George Clinton hit the stage, as I'll say, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you got uh, Frank Grillo in this movie as well. And he's one of those guys that I just think that he. Every time I see him on screen, I always think of the Punisher. I just think that he, if he, he's an actor, I think that should be playing the Punisher. He just looks like this, you know, like you just fit that role. Well, well, the next time we see him in one of these movies, he does have a crossbone skull on his chest. That's true. <laughs> true. Yeah, I guess so. In a different sort of way, isn't it? Yeah, just different. And um, Anthony Mackie as. Uh, Sam Wilson Falcon, I just think he's probably the most badass sidekick you're going to get. I always liked him since i seen The Hurt Locker. That was like the first movie i ever seen him in, maybe like 8 Mile 2, but I remember him more from his role in The Hurt Locker. Yeah. Great actor. Yeah, no, he's apparently he, he bulked up for this role, and he actually thought that he was going to be wearing the Falcon 1970s uh, style spandex. Oh, oh the, the, one, the, 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 the orange and white onesie? Yeah. Go for it, Matthew yeah. Mackey. You know? Honestly, that, that was what he thought he was going for, and he, he was a little bit disappointed that he wasn't. But then, you know, they, you know, with the outfit that he's got, I think it works really well. And like I say, I think he's just told badass. 
Yeah, they, they couldn't go for that old school Falcon because they, they have a habit of these films and it really works taking these minor characters who didn't do a whole lot like Falcon and making them into something bigger. And I had to go back in the Wayback Machine to, to read some old old Avengers and Captain America comics to see if I'm wrong. But Falcon uh, wasn't that big of a character, I don't think. But, but they, all, they all have had their churn. I mean, it's all, it's all open to... He gets you bigger know. as the series goes on, like in the comics, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, because we know what happens when... Well, it actually happens at the end of Endgame, too. But yeah, you know. I mean, I mean, like like before that, like when he, when he first was a, a thing, like in the, in the 70s. Yeah, 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 I know what you mean. Yeah, but yeah, he's much bigger now and, and well-deserved. You know, they, they, they're really good at making these characters more fleshed out. And Fal Falcon needed some love, not just as a joke on Robot Chicken. <laughs> oh, the <laughs> oh man so having a look at this film then so it's basically like an old school espionage uh, thriller it's uh, it's very different from the other Marvel movies as I said earlier I think it's like a standalone movie um, like I say it's got all the wit it's very fast paced it's got some great action scenes in it and um the film starts off two years after the Battle of New York, and you've now got Captain America who's thawed from the ice. He's living in a modern-day world. He's not really, he's not really fighting any sort, of, like I say, Nazis as he was, you know, in the first movie. And it's like he's in the modern-day world. He doesn't know who the enemy is really. And this is where the film gets a little bit polit political with Shield where um, you find out in the movie that S.H.I.E.L.D. has been taken over secretly by HYDRA and I think this kind of builds up for the, the next Captain America movie Civil War where this kind of justifies these actions for you know reason why I don't really want to sort of trust the government because of the corruption yeah. and all that sort of stuff so that kind of builds that up um, but it's just good to see Captain America is just sort of like, a, like I say, a standalone character, and you just got this character development in this movie with the other characters that he works alongside with, including Black, Black Widow. It, it's great. Uh, first time I ever saw this, I was just blown away because I'm a huge fan of Three Days of the Congor, mm. and you could tell, even the Russo said that this was like a love letter to that type of film. Yeah. And you could really see that because they cast the star of that movie in this movie. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. It's pre pretty obvious, right? Yeah. So that makes it even, like, it shows, like, their love of spy movies in general. And I love that, you know, every time everyone, like, talks shit about Marvel, I'm like, watch The Winter Soldier. Because a lot of people only watch through, like, Iron Man 2 and stopped. And no one's watched how they build from after that first phase yeah and when you watch winter soldier it's like wow it's like a standalone spy action movie it's great i love it i mean it was either redford or warren Beatty, which if you haven't seen the parallax view or, or jay you need to check that out because you know apparently images of thor flashing on the screen would turn you into a government assassin and 
Yeah, it's good shit. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, uh, Robert Redford in this movie. I mean, he's, I think it's the first time he's actually portrayed a bad guy, isn't it? As as a bad character, because he's usually the good guy, isn't he? I've seen him play dicks before, but this is like really, really big dick. Yeah, this, this is guy. it. Yeah, this is him, you know, heavyweight dick. Um He's he's also played in other films like this, like you say. Was it uh, was it all the all the presidents men or the Watergate scandal? Was it? Yeah, yeah, all, all the Dustin presidents men. Um, so it's almost like he just feels like the right sort of actor to be in this role as well. And uh, yeah, I thought he played it really well. Yeah, Spy Game too. He, he, like he, he's been in tons of these types of movies. It's fucking nuts, you know, when you think about it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Spy Game. That's the other good one to sort of mention as a sort of building block, isn't it, for him? Yeah. Um, so you get a you get a nice scene here as well at the beginning of the movie where you got Steve Rogers and he's running around Washington D.C. and then you introduce straight away to Sam Wilson, who becomes the Falcon. And Falcon's trying to help Steve Rogers sort of adapt to modern day life. Um, and then it ties over to a strike team trying to free some hostages on board a shield ship. So you introduce some pirates and it's kind of reminded me, if, if you guys ever played the game Solid Snake? Yeah, Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear yeah, yeah, Solid. Yeah. It just kind of almost sort of shadowed that a little bit you know with where they're sort of infiltrating a ship and you've got pirates yeah stealth very stealth yeah very, very stealthy I think there's a little bit of wit between Black Widow and Cap with him you know sort of relationships and women and all that sort of stuff so <laughs> just sort of bringing in a bit of humour there with that yeah like even later in the movie that keeps going on with that and I yeah. get back up like in the middle of interrogation and it's like how about the one with the lips? I forget the name of the actual girl, but yeah, you know, the, <laughs> I was That's cracking it. up. <laughs> uh, although, you know, the shield, the, the Cap's uh, trademark shield, the the vibranium, uh, the, the noise is not very covert at all. I'll just throw it out there: him chucking that shield about a metal a metal ship. <laughs> yeah. So you introduced to a sort of bad guy here, and I think is is this the guy who plays the act or the actor? Is he like a, a wrestler or something like that in real life? You look. I actually didn't look it up, but he nah. did look familiar. So you kind of get, yeah. like, say, so you get a fight scene here, then you where you sort of like taking on Captain America, and then whilst all this is going on, you have got like um, the Black Widow who is obtaining data from the ship about the hell carriers so this is your first step into the story of this movie where there's they're they're trying to rescue the hostages but then they're also trying to get some data so you're first introduced to there being something going on within shield gary goes and ends up trying to investigate later with pierce yeah that's it so you get like say get nick fury doesn't he, he goes to pierce and he basically sort of outs him almost, doesn't he? And then obviously Pierce then this is where you get that scene where Fury's driving down the road and um he gets taken out. Uh by all the cop cars and you get some explosions. It's it's such a great baller move because the whole time of course it's like some kind of shield heavy, you know, smart car that's telling him 
window integrity 20% because yeah. they attach his battering ram to the ground. He's waiting until it says 1%. He got that console machine <laughs> gun just popping up. It's like, what a fucking baller he is, man. Just waiting for the motherfuckers. And you know what that machine gun says? Bad motherfucker. No, I'm just <laughs> I bet <laughs> <Imagine>. it does. <laughs> yeah, just waiting for that. Yeah. I was going to say, I did think that as well, you know, with the, like, say, the 1% on the uh, glass. What sort of glass is that made out of? Do you know what I mean? To obtain that. So you get Nick Fury taken out. Captain America then finds out that uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. has been compromised. You get a scene where Nick Fury hands him a, like, a data drive or something like that with the information on it. And then you get this, uh, uh, a meeting with Pierce where Captain America is asked about this uh, data drive Captain America withholds it and then Piers basically treats him as a fugitive and then this is where the film sort of kickstarts a little bit here and it was that scene you said Derek um, ultimately for me this this scene gets brought up a lot when I talk about Marvel Universe is the lift scene where Captain yeah. America goes in and he just comes out and says you know Anybody want to get out now? You know, because it's almost like he knows that he's been through so much, like with World War Two and everything like that, that he just he just knows what's going to happen. And all I gotta say about this is, I want a pair of magnet handcuffs for pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. Shop smart. Shop best smart. <laughs> got that? You got that? <laughs> oh man! So you get this awesome fight scene now in the lift, which is like I say one of my favourite scenes in in Marvel. Captain's taken out all these guys. He manages to get out of the lift, and then he jumps onto his Harley Davidson. And like I say, he goes from one badass scene to another, isn't it? Where he's 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 on the motorbike. Yeah, he's now Steve McQueen. Yeah, and then this is where you oh, get yeah. one of those. Was it Hell Carrier craft come down, try to shoot him out? Yep. So, effectively, now when I first watched this movie, that about you guys, well, I was almost like, "What the fuck?" You know, Shield, which is yeah, before, you know, before this happens, he beats the shit out of all these guys in this lift, which is a very close quarters area, anyway. And it's some of the best, you know, hand-to-hand stuff I've ever seen on film. And then he takes the shield and jumps out of the elevator, probably a good 20 stories down at least, just to land on it. Yeah. Yeah. Freaking badass, man. You know. You know, then he just, like, during that whole helicarrier scene where he's, like, driving the motorcycle, he just jumps off the fucking motorcycle onto the helicarrier. And it's like a video game scene where, you know, you take out the propellers with the fucking shield. And then jump off while it crashes. <laughs> Fucking great. He's like, hey, I got a piece of metal. I'll destroy your flying thing that's going to destroy me. <laughs> With the turrets and stuff. And he just he just chops that until it crashes to the ground. It, it, it's phenomenal. That's all I'll say about that one. You know? well, it's, it's, it's funny you brought up the shield because it's almost like the shield gets just as much screen time as Captain America in this movie. And it's almost like the another character, effectively, isn't it? Well, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's as iconic as him because I don't know if you ever watched the 
the what some some may call crappy, you know, sixties um, Captain America cartoon series is is Captain America and his mighty shield. You know, yeah. it's it's as iconic as he is. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And you know, it's just it actually plays well with like later on with like metal versus metal because the Winter Soldier has like this metallic arm and once you know you hear like the arm punch into the shield it's like boom it finally met its match you know it's like crazy when that scene happens later but we'll get into it when we get into it yeah so so Captain America is uh, now hunted by the shield strike team and he's trying to try and work out what's what's going on this week he goes to uh, New Jersey where there's a hidden shield bunker and you've got this supercomputer which is um Toby Jones. <laughs> Toby Jones, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned Toby Jones, Derek. Yeah, because he tends to turn up in a lot of stuff, doesn't he? Oh, um, I love Toby Jones. He's one of my favorite character actors. And, you know, I loved him in the first Captain America. I was actually kind of shocked the first time I saw this. I'm like, he's a computer? What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny you mentioned, I think Gary mentioned, was it the Rocketeer? You, you did, Derek. And this, this, yeah. this scene right here just reminds me of a very sort of... Uh, 1940s sort of steampunk you know uh, do you know what I mean it's just got that sort of aesthetic to it where you've got like a mad scientist in a computer it's almost sort of like sort of steampunk it kind of reminds me a, yeah it kind of reminds me a little bit of like Ghost in the Shell kind of too that aesthetic even like with the graphics of the computers and yeah. Ghost in the Shell or um What's that other movie that sort of flopped as well? Was it Sky Captain? Pilot yeah, of the Future? Yeah, Sky oh. Captain. Yeah? It's a gorgeous, it's a gorgeous film. And yeah. Yeah. I should have done a lot. Yeah, another one of, the, one of those niche films that cost a lot of money to make that didn't make any money. It's a shame it didn't make any money, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Because I, I enjoyed that film. It's just... It's, I actually uh, liked it too. It's crazy. But, um, yeah, it's, it kind of reminded me of that scene. So you find out now that... Um, uh, Hydra is infantry shield since World War Two. It's been there all along, and the ba- it gives you the, the the plot of the movie now. Whereas Hydra's um, are basically what they want to do is they want to sort of get humanity to surrender its freedom for security, and the way they're going to do this is um, situate all the hell carriers around the globe. And then target anybody who's a threat towards um, Hydra, which which you find which goes on to the story later on. But then the um, this bunker then gets taken out by a missile, so it blows up. And then you get a scene here where Captain America sort of takes on all the rubble with his shield. He manages to uh, rescue uh, the Black Widow, and they somehow manage to get out after that. Which sort of goes into a bit of a cutscene. Well, you know, you know, in the, the the events of the last year or so, year or two, you know, not as extreme as to take out any threat, but I don't think most Americans should be trusted to tie their shoes at this point. So, mm-hmm. go go Hydra and hail it, baby. Some it, to a certain degree, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you get them get them escaped from the bunker. So you now got. Black Widow and the Captain America have teamed up. Don't know who to trust. 
So they go back to Sam Wilson, who we met at the beginning of the movie, and it turns out that Sam was involved in an operation where he was part of a sort of parachute regiment or rescue um, operations, and this is where he's got that badass uh, Falcon suit, which uh, they managed to get hold of and introduces the new character now, which is the Falcon. Um, but not the spandex suit, which he was hoping for, so... <laughs> <laughs> as we said which would have been cool I know we've already like covered that would have been cool yeah this version of it goes really with the steampunk because it looks like something you've seen out of like a steampunk movie like this suit that he has it's yeah like, even the goggles look steampunk you know? yeah that's it I, I remember well, I remember when I first watched this and I was just like wow this is this is a real treat you know what I mean to be introduced to this uh, badass character and it just really works well as a sidekick to Captain America as well sure you know then they end up you know let's see like speaking of Gary mentioned him earlier Gary Shanlin Hail Hydra yeah <laughs> like that yeah. whole scene comes out there yeah. <laughs> they just kidnap that dude and torture him <laughs> in the room oh, yeah. <laughs> oh it's hilarious you know there's so many little things in this movie that that, that thing or the, the they're torturing him basically by dropping him and picking him up. Oh yeah, uh, is that the um, is that the shield agent? Isn't it Jasper Sitwell? Yeah, isn't it? yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's it. It was. He kind of goes uh, crocodile Dundee too on him, doesn't he? On this one, do you know what I mean? He's sort of <laughs> got him hanging from the top of a roof. He's like, "You're not. That's not your style, cat. I know it's not. It's hers, though." <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in, in America, we call that the Sugar Knight. Uh, ask Vanilla Ice what really happened on that hotel roof, book. Oh right, okay, okay. you know. Duh. <laughs> he, he gets frozen in time as well, doesn't he? Vanilla Ice. Uh, I'm just was it Austin Powers? Yeah. Any guys remember yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> then he goes, hangs out with Adam Sandler, and that's my boy. Oh, <laughs> I love that. I love that. St- movie way too much it's a guilty pleasure <laughs> oh man so he's t- so he's um, interrogated Jasper Sitwell and then you've got uh, the Winter Soldier who now turns up so for and I thought I like the Winter Soldier character but for a film that's titled the Winter Soldier I didn't really think he had an awful lot of screen time um, they, they build up to him it's kind of like He's in the background because we, we do get to see him like during that like whole Nick Fury thing. That's the first glimpse of him, mm. you know, because he's like Nick Fury's like I got away, and then bam, Winter Soldier comes out of nowhere and blows up the jeep. But then, you know, I, I you get a little hints of him, and you I I do like that they don't get to show his they reveal his face till that epic fight scene later on where you don't get to really see him at all at many moments. Like, there's that great scene where he's in Robert Redford's house, and this is when you're to reveal, like, Robert Redford's part of this, too. You know, his housemate, like, all right, you can leave now, Rena, and he starts to talk about him, about the mission. Then the housemate comes, I forgot my phone. Oh, I wish it knocked. And then it blasts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that shirt, that shirt is cold-blooded, man. It's great, and, you know, I, I kind of like it, you know, I, I can see why it's, not good if you want to see more of them but for like this type of movie I kind of like the build up to it especially when they reveal who it is yeah oh, it, was, it, was, it was it was necessary 
you know, because they're fighting and the, the face mask is 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 uh, taken off. It's slapped off him basically, and you you, you needed that build up to the reveal of that's what it is. I mean, just like you get a screenshot, you know, when Zola's telling his giving his uh, his talking exposition about the Winter Soldier being involved in the Stark's um, assassination. Well, a- accident. You know, you find out that 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 builds up really well in Civil War, hmm. where Cap's got to make a choice whether to choose his friend or choose, you know, his alliance with Tony. And um, yeah, it was that that buildup was necessary. And when it hits, it re- really hits and it really pops. So yeah, it was totally necessary. Mm-hmm. Plus, we get more of him in this next movie anyway. So it, you know, it's a good buildup movie. Yeah, that's what I said earlier with the this film really does. If you haven't seen Winter Soldier, you might not understand Civil War as well. So this kind of like yeah. builds up for almost like Captain America's justification for saying there's no way I'm going to get sanctioned by the government because I know that they're corrupt. I've dealt with this before. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's... Um, so you find out now that um, Winter Soldier's Bucky Barnes... He's been programmed by Hydra to act like a like a sort of mini nuke, isn't it? As soon as they mention some text, he's just gone into a sort of um, Winter Soldier mode. He'll go out and do assassinations, and um, but then when he it's stuff that you find out that he's unaware of, he almost gets hypnotised or something like that. Um, so yeah, we get a fight scene here. And like I say, the, the action in this movie when it gets rolling is incredible. And I really like the sounds of this film as well. Do you know what I mean? When you hear the sort of cars crunching, you get some really good sounds in there as well. Um, and you also find out now that uh, Nick Fury uh, is alive. And he's kind of playing on the fact that he's dead just to sort of cover that up through Hydra. And you find out now about the um, what they need to do to be able to stop the hell carriers from going out and killing anybody who's going to be a target to Hydra. And they've got to replace some chips in the carriers in order to try and stop this. It's actually very believable, you know, like it's a great, like usually in like these movies you get like these fucking crazy fucking assumption fucking things that would stop somebody but this one's a little bit more believable because you know it's technology based yeah that's right yeah yeah what they're doing is like i say plausible well it's plausible isn't it (laughs) exactly it's not like some crazy fucking out of nowhere like it's not like a time like well they kind of get kind of crazy with end game with time bias you know yeah (laughs) you know what else we're gonna do more grounded you know we got it That's the other thing with the franchise, Derek, isn't it? They had to bring uh, time travel into it eventually. (laughs) (laughs) We wouldn't have that great scene where they talk about all the time travel movies. (laughs) You know. Well, back to the the future. Back to to the future. Hot tub time machine. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, chuck that one in there. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. So you get... um, Captain Rogers now, or Captain America, goes to the 
uh, back to the Shield complex, and he basically does an announcement to say that uh, Shield has been taken over by Hydra. And you get the Black Widow who disguises herself as a Jenny Agatha character, doesn't she? Which is a bit of a surprise. And yeah, that was kind in. of shocking the first time I seen it. Like, wait, because you're like, Jenny Atticus is kicking all these guys' asses? What the fuck's going on? Yeah, this is it. That's a, the that's a thing, isn't it? You throw it in. And I remember watching this the other day uh, for the show. I was like, is that Jenny Agatha kicking some ass? You know, but obviously it's uh, Black Widow in disguise. And it, Hun's got nothing on her, baby, with, with face pulling, okay? You know. <laughs> um. So then you now get Nick Fury that arrives as well, and he kills. Arrives in style too. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He um he kills Pierce, so he gets taken out. And you've now got um. Captain America and Sam now having to take out the carriers, uh, which is another epic action scene here, where um, Falcon gets to sort of test his wings out for the first time. Yeah, he's just flying around, you know, like, I love his guns that just pop out of his hands yeah. and shit, and like, when he's flying in the air, it's fucking great, you know, later on, he's like, you know, hanging off the edge, and he's getting chased by, like, this fucking helicarrier fucking ship, and getting rocket shot at him, you know, I'm to go in another direction, coming, <laughs> Cap, you know. Yeah, I, I just, I, I say I love the screen time with him in it and I was gutted when he gets his wings clipped and he can't he says um, I've had my wings clipped cap and I was like oh no I was thinking I want more Falcon action you know because like I say it's just great I, I could almost see him do his own sort of standalone movie as well I think he's that strong a character yeah for sure and you know, we do get like a great scene where he fights Frank Grillo <laughs> later oh that's right yeah that's it yeah Frank Grillo comes back in doesn't he Shows coming eventually the Falcon uh, Winter Soldier show for Disney Plus. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's it. I think was that been put on hold because of 2020? Yeah, more than likely. Yeah, that got got delayed. But I know WandaVision is coming, and I'm looking forward to that. Oh, anything with Scarlet Witch, man. <laughs> oh yeah, this is it. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> man, I love Paul Bettany in many things, but he 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 got the vision laid down, man. I love it. Yeah, he, he tends to get all the ladies, doesn't he, Paul Bettany? I mean, he's married to Jennifer Connelly, isn't he, in real life? It all comes back to Jennifer Connelly. I was going to say, you yeah. We, we... Awkward boners with Ricky Morgan, coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward boner podcast. <laughs> oh, man, that's going to stick. That's going to stick. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Sam's wing's been clipped, so you're left with Cap. He kind of he's on the edge of the seat where he's going to get his chips uh, taken care of. Um, then you get like a sort of final showdown here, don't you, between him and the Winter Soldier? And basically, Cap's is now getting his ass kicked, isn't he? Oh, he's getting beat the shit out of. You know, later on, like you know, he's just getting pummeled. You know, it's it's great. He even gets shot. Captain America gets shot and. Yeah. Carson, he's like bleeding from the gut and shit. It's like fucking nuts because, excuse my language for the listeners who don't like the F bomb, but that's where I grew up, you know. Yeah. But uh, this is 
I gotta give props to Chris Evans too in this movie because he's a he's a hometown boy. Uh, oh, what? Born and raised in Mass, and he's great in this movie, and he shows that. And the scenes with him in the Winter Soldier are fantastic. I love like the build up to the fight too, where he's like, "Don't make me do this, man." Mm. Yeah, and he just goes out of the town and just starts fighting him, and he gets stabbed and like certain. It's gritty and great. It's, you never see like Captain America get hurt in like the previous movies. So that's why I like this aspect of it. You see him actually bleed and yeah. stuff. You know? Yeah, it's a very, like I say, very gritty, isn't it? And I think that's for the whole movie, isn't it? It's a real different take for the Marvel Universe. Isn't it? They really sort of uh, roughed it up a bit. Yeah, that's why. Like later, like later on, when you get to like the end of Endgame, where he's like, he's gonna just go against this whole army with like one shield. I'm like, with a broken shield. I'm like, I would follow that dude. <laughs> yeah, I would follow that dude in battle. <laughs> I'm definitely Team Cap. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, so it's almost like he knows he's got he's got to go for all this to try and, and this is how honourable he is, isn't it? He's he's doing all this to try and get his friend back. And he knows his, own, his friend is kicking the shit out of him. But he's letting it all out of himself. And then he comes out with a little line here, isn't he? He goes, um, how much are you going to take? Or something like that. And then Captain America comes out and says, I'm with you till the end of the line. And that's what ultimately jogs now Bucky Barnes' memory, isn't it? Just sort of has a little bit of realisation. Yeah. Yeah, I like that scene too. Like, there's a scene like later on where it goes back to like, I think actually Captain's America's mom just passed away, and yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's a very sad and somber scene where you see Bucky treat him like a brother, and he's like, "You just come live with me and stuff because I'm here to we're here till the end." It's a line, that's <laughs> it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's a pretty good scene there. I like the way they've, like I say, the, the way they've tied that in. So the um, captain doesn't really ultimately, he ultimately doesn't really win this fight, does he? But he, he does win the battle where he takes down this uh, final hell, hell carrier, which crashes into the lake. And this is where you get Bucky rescues him, doesn't he? Takes him out of the lake, and yeah. then he kind of just disappears into the woods. Now it sort of comes to the sort of final scene of the movie where Shield's been totally wiped out. Shield's gone. Completely. So, you know, you, you, you're thinking, what the, you know, when I first watched it, I was like, what the hell? You know, this Shield, that's, that, that's it, gone, boom. And it's almost like uh, everything has just been torn apart. And our heroes now sort of been left to sort of try and find. Bucky Barnes and Fury goes off to Europe to see if he can find any more Hydra cells. And yeah. that's pretty much it, isn't it? Really, it's it's left on. It's almost like a sort of uh, like the Empire Strikes Back in the in the franchise, isn't it? Where everything's just gone to shit. <laughs> yeah, we gotta wait. We gotta go through like a bad another bad Thor movie, Iron Man three. To get to the Civil War. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's it. And then, like I say, then it goes into Civil War. Uh, and then, I think they show actually a cutscene too at the end of this for like like a hint of Age of Ultron. I think this Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, isn't it? Like, 
Yeah. Yeah, they do, yeah. Yeah, and you also get uh, you get two cutscenes here. So you get that scene and then you get the Bucky Barnes going to the memorial and seeing his own memorial. Um, yeah. So they kind of just sit on that, so starting to remember things, and, you know, it leads it leads to more things put them I love all the they, they handled everything perfectly. This is what keeps you coming back to it. The whole Manchurian candidate three days of the condor thing. It's just it's just wild and I love good hand to hand combat and this has some shooting of course in it, but the fight scenes are the best in any Marvel film yeah. as far as like that kind of fighting goes. And I'm I'm an eighties guy karate kid. I, I can't help these things. I mm-hmm. can't help these feelings and I, I love to watch it. And this is as as finely choreographed as you can get. I'm leaving it at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's fucking great. And I always love this. I like going back to this one from time to time. Like Gary said, I'm a huge Thor Ragnarok guy, and Winter Soldier is probably one of my favorites, too. It's, it's hard. I love the Guardians, the Galaxy movies, but Winter Soldier, for like, that's a, like a standard, standalone Marvel movie. Yeah. It's one I go back to all the time, and... You know, this is where I feel like the MCU really picked up and started to move forward, especially with the Russos on board. Yeah. Because they gave them a bunch more. They gave them the last Avengers movies, you know, because of the movies they made, you know. And these are the guys who did You Mean Dupree, so it's like kind of shocking in that sense because that was the only other movie I knew them from before this. I'm like, the guys who directed that Owen Wilson movie did this? You know, like, really? Yeah. <laughs> And then they got their big break with this film, where they had studio gave them two hundred million dollars to go and make this film, like you say on the back of you, me, and Dupree, and the film made seven hundred million dollars. The box office just went boom. And then they've they've gone on to make some of the most successful Marvel movies, including I think it was Infinity War and Endgame. And I think in total they made about two point eight billion dollars for Marvel. Um, so, you know, that's some good going. <laughs> it is, you know, like, I think they really got, like, those last two Avengers movies, because they're like, maybe Civil War, let's do Civil War, because it mixes a few different, like, characters from the Avengers movies. Yeah. And it, too, so let's give it to them as a practice movie to see what they can do, and they're like, oh, wow, this is fucking great. So, uh, that's how they got those, those last two Marvel movies, Avengers movies, too, you yeah. know? Yeah, like I say, I mean, it's that- it's, it's not the biggest churn I've ever seen for, for comedy people to go. And I'm not even talking about Halloween 2018, which I'm not the biggest fan of. Mm. But look at the Fairley brothers. These are the guys that made There's Something About Mary and Kingpin and really silly stuff that I love. And what are they making now? Political dramas. You know. Green Book. Green Book. The Big Short. Mm. You know, the really critically acclaimed stuff. And... For you to go make that churn, which I don't, I don't hate you, me, and Dupree. I think it's, I think it's fun, but um, it's not this movie, obviously. Mm, for yeah. them to go for, from that to this, that transition, in a pretty fast time. I mean, Fairly's made like, like six or seven comedy films before they went that way. It just uh, like, let's, let's let's try this, and I think a lot of uh, I don't know the Russo's opinions on these characters before making this movie, but. You can tell a lot of love and care went into 
you know the curating of these characters and making them amazing and making you feel for them and it, it showed in every scene mm-hmm. with with Bucky and, 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 and Steve especially that that last fight scene where he really didn't want to hurt his friend yeah but he knew he had to hurt his friend or his friend was gonna kill him obviously you know yeah um, yeah it's just that extra care just that it, it, it's love for the characters and I know a lot of the this is where DC gets it wrong in their live action movies. DC animated out of this world because they have people writing those things that give a shit about the source material. And that's, that's the key. That's, that's what made those nineties cartoons so great. Mm-hmm. They gave a shit about the, the source material, but, um, they, we need more of that. And I think the Russo's knocked it out of the park with this one. Yeah. The thing with DC that what they did wrong was, they try to jam so much, and they try to make it like an origin movie for like all the characters in one Justice League movie, which is where you had like, even though like I say like the first phase is lesser, you still get to know all the characters before that first Avengers movie. Yeah. So you get to know their personalities and stuff. And this one, you're like introduced to Cyborg like fucking ten minutes in the movie. Like, who the fuck is this dude, and why should I care? <laughs> you know. The Flash, too. Like, there's no Flash movie at that point. He just comes into the movie. And I'm kind of, like, after Justice League, I think DC's kind of doing all right. I like a lot of their movies better now because they're like, let's just do whatever the fuck we want now. Who gives a fuck about canon? Let's do Elseworld stories. Who cares? Like, Joker. Let's do shit like that, you know? <laughs> like, I was only going to say, DC tends to work with, as an independent movie, like you said, with the Joker, Whacking Phoenix, and a film I just reviewed, which was, um, as you guys know, the 1989 Batman with Tim Burton, uh, which I think is a great movie, as, as we covered on the last show. So DC tends to deal well, kind of independently here and there, when it comes out. Still hits all the spots, man, because without, without that 89 Batman film... Mm. Before that, it was a joke to say we're gonna make a superhero film. Yeah, you know that was that was the the benchmark <laughs> to say, hey, this made money, so let's make more of these. And and, and, uh, you, and you know, uh, yeah, and you know, and you know what? I'm kind of excited for that new Batman movie. I do not give a fuck. Like they didn't can't, they didn't go with Ben Affleck. You know, like Ben Affleck's a hometown boy too, uh, but. <laughs> I'm kind of excited to see it. It looks like Batman mixed with Seven, and you know that's yeah. kind of awesome. It's doing something different, you know. If, if it, Pattinson, Pat, I'm sorry, Pattinson as an actor is is really great. People are like, oh, they only see him as that Edward from Twilight. You need to look beyond that because he's been in some wonderful stuff and he's been great in. Mm, and uh, the Lighthouse yeah. wasn't it? He was in, so you know. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people were unsure of Michael Keaton when that came out in 1989. So, if a film has low expectations, sometimes that can be a good sign instead of being hyped yeah. up. I think. Yeah, it can't be as bad as George Clooney, right? <laughs> yes. You, you know what? I, I, I'll say this about Batman and Robin: I've come to enjoy the camp of it. It's still a turd sandwich. But if you watch it in the realm of your brain, that you're in a sixty, like the '66 Batman, yeah. but in like with like new effects, y- you'll enjoy it a lot more. It's still, it's still garbage. Was it? Yeah, but it, was that was that a Joel Schumacher movie? Oh was. yeah, Bat- 
bat nipples in effect, man, you know. So uh, I said to Dan Bone, I said, I'm a little bit of an apologist for Joel Schumacher because he made the Lost Boys. So, oh, um, oh, he's made some great movies. Yeah. down. You've seen The Lost Boys, but have you seen DC Cab? That's that's the benchmark Joel Schumacher film, I think, to me. <laughs> I even like that movie he made, Blood Creek, and people don't really talk about that movie, but mm. not vampire Nazi movie with Michael Fassbender as an immortal what? Nazi that drinks blood. <laughs> like, come on, you know, that's great. Wow. I've not heard of that movie. It sounds great. <laughs> it's it's kind of like direct video. It's got like uh, that dude from the... Dominic Purcell in it, and Shea Wiggum's in it too. He's like a side character. It, it's cool. It's like all takes place on like this farmhouse, and it, it you have to really watch it to get what I'm not the way I'm describing it makes it sound mm. even. Worse. But it, it's a very interesting movie because you know it's like this is Nazi goes to this farmhouse, and it's like years later, and this dude tries to go find his brother. And, you know, his brother actually comes back to him. You know, he's missing. They had, like, a funeral for him. And, like, he comes at him one night. I need you to come with me. And these people held me here for years. You know, and they find out that this house is, like, these people are, like, stuck in time. And this immortal Nazi is keeping them alive to harvest them blood. Jeez. Because he survives off blood. It's... It's not that it's Michael Fassbender as the immortal vampire Nazi. <laughs> and I'm, I'm telling you though, Marvel keeps doing stuff to excite me, and um, that's that's uh that's not really it's, it's hard to do sometimes. Like Captain Marvel as a film was kind of a turd to me. It, it, it was there, and mm. it just it just wasn't all that great to me. But they just announced today that Rogue is going to be like Rogue from the X Men is going to be the villain in the next one. Right. These these things excite me, you know. So really? I'm, I'm I'm gonna watch that movie for sure. Yes. Is that for the next? I might Cap- watch that too. Is that for the next Captain Marvel movie? Is it Rogue? For the next Captain Marvel film because they own the right to the X Men now, and they own the right to um to Fantastic Four now, so they can filter those characters, you know, where they want. Okay, right, I see. Because the only time for the X-Men, I thought, was the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, wasn't it, into these movies, I thought? Yeah, and they had to yeah. change their characters, kind of, for these movies. Did they? Because cause they couldn't like say that, you know, they were... Some adults, weren't they? Magneto, or something. Well, yeah, they, could do, they could do that now, and mm. I'm waiting for that to happen. Yeah. For, for Magneto to show up, and if you guys... Don't know Quicksilver and, and Scarlet Witch are Magneto's children, and that's, that's a right, thing yeah. in the comics and on the cartoon series, and not a thing in these movies because Fox owned X Men. But oh. now they can go into those storylines, and I'm looking forward to it. A little spoiler for Age of Ultron, but I was gutted when Quicksilver got killed because well, I yeah. just thought I thought it was cool, and I just thought I'd just yeah. keep this guy going. You know? they gave, they gave, yeah, they gave him an arc, and you know, it was an arc that ended in death, unfortunately, but yeah. I kind of, I kind of like it because it builds on like the relationship with like Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch too, you know, in that sense where especially it's building the Civil War, you know. Yeah, I guess so. I guess you do need that, but I still get it. I thought it was cool. I'd like to have seen a bit more screen time then. Yeah, it's like when you see like that's what I hated about some of like the older Spider-Man movies when they kill the villains right away. That's kind of why I like that they kept the Vulture alive because he could come back, you know. Like, oh. But you mentioning the Vulture, I'm a big fan of him as a villain. I actually think he's oh. more of an anti-hero. 
because he's basically uh, fucked over at the beginning of the movie, isn't he? And he's like, I'm going to take something back. So. Uh, well, one, thing, so one, one thing I forgot to mention before we talk about the 89 Batman is I can see people's distinction. I've heard the argument, you know, about the roles he played before that. But yeah, he'll always be Mr. Mom to me in, 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 in most aspects. Because <laughs> I've, I've seen Mr. Mom on cable so many times. Yeah. I want I want my Wubby right now, man. I want it right now, you know. But um, it's uh, I've seen that more than Beetlejuice. More than Beetlejuice, I'd say I've seen Mr. Mom. So, oh, Michael <laughs> Keaton is a gem. I, you, you know, the other guys when he's just fucking oh, so wonderful. <laughs> when he's just like just giving him clues through like he just does like TLC references. Don't go chasing waterfalls. <laughs> if, if if you haven't seen this. RJ, he, he plays a police captain in a movie to Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. And there is a scene, because he works at Bed Bath & Beyond as well. Yeah. So he, he's given, like, the speech to the Bed Bath & Beyond workers. He forgets what job he's at. So he starts talking about, like, murders, like, uh, up in Uptown. Right. And all of a sudden he remembers he's at Bed Bath & Beyond. It is, uh, it's wonderful. Yeah, I can it's see, so good. I can see Michael Keaton. But yeah, I haven't seen that film, but yeah, I can totally see that with him. Oh, he's great! He's and like, there's a scene where, like, a, I think it's like the mayor or somebody, or like, somebody comes into the office. And he's like, "How's your family? Good, good. My son's homosexual, but good, good. That's all going <laughs> on." <laughs> oh man! Oh, brilliant! It, 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 you get you get ten minutes of Samuel Jackson and The Rock in that movie, and it is one of the greatest ten minutes of cinema that you'll ever watch. Oh, Even man. like the last minute of it, it's like, there goes my hero. <laughs> oh. uh, fantastic, guys. So um, so there you go. That is the Winter Soldier. So uh, it's safe to say, I think we are all on board for that movie, guys, being here today for that. The, uh, yeah. Yeah, totally yeah, for sure. Like, like I said, if you like been... If you stopped watching Marvel movies after like maybe like Thor or like even even though I kind of like the first Thor, it's grown on me. Uh, you know, like Iron Man two is kind of like a, where a lot of people stop for some weird reason, which mm. I can see why in some senses and some aspects of the movie. But MCU just got better yeah. after like Phase One was over, and Winter Soldier is like one of the standout additions. You, I say you definitely gotta see the first Avengers because they do talk about certain aspects of like you know like the New York shit that happened at the mm-hmm. end of the Avengers one. So you still gotta see that. But after that, I say check out Winter Soldier. It's a good yeah. follow up, you know. Yeah. And the other one I quite like is Ant Man. I quite like that as well. I thought. Uh, oh, it's a great movie. It's kind of like a heist movie. Yeah, and yeah. it just. Brought- I, I went an Ant Man with no expectations, but I I love it. It, uh, I, it's wonderful. I watched that film and I just thought if there was going to be a character that I was going to be like, it'd probably be uh, uh, Scott Lang, you know, because he's just <laughs> he's he's just so down to earth and it's a little bit deadbeat in some t- in pla- or or deadpan in some places, you know. Just things don't work out for him, and I kind of like that. You know, he's 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 suffering the everyday problems that we we all do, you know, and he's still trying to be a superhero. Well, we're going to do that some one day. We're going to do those Ant-Man movies. Yeah, <laughs> just, uh, just great. Just, again, a, 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 another great addition to the universe, just to give it that little bit more spice or whatever. So, yeah, it's great, man. Uh, 
All right, guys. Well, listen, uh, thanks for coming on to the show today. Um, do you want to tell us about what you're doing? What's, uh, uh, Gary, what are you doing next? you got anything planned? Cinema uh, beef? Got a, got a cinema beef recorded yeah. and a Burning for Springwood recorded that I have to edit. Those should be out. Well, RJ turns these around like super fast. So mm. sometime after this comes out, I'd imagine. Yeah, I will okay. probably edit till, till tomorrow. Right. But um, yeah, that should be coming out soon. And then for Thanksgiving Day, we record this on Tuesday night, just, just in time for American Turkey Day. Um, myself and whoever shows up from the crew, I'm pretty sure it's at least going to be Jamie and Suzanne and uh, Iris for sure. So probably all of us are going to do a Texas Chainsaw Massacre commentary for you guys for a 2 Jig Venom commentaries. Oh, okay. And we're going to try to do one of those a month with the, with the four of us. Yeah. Just to, just to mix it up a little bit. We do. I My plan for that show is to do one with us and then one with whoever wants to come on. Yeah. And I, I think uh, it'd be a fun twice a month thing. And um, that Texas Chainsaw for November... And I think Anna, the, Anna and the Apocalypse for December, right? Which is uh, very fun. I love that movie. It's, it's I... so good, so good. Um, yeah. Besides that, uh, NFW commentaries on um, the Dark Discussions Network, mm-hmm. and uh, everything else you could find me on would be on the Legion Podcast Network. Which I almost forgot right now. I'm sorry, boss. Sorry, Bo. Sorry, you know? Bo. <laughs> 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 well, Gary, we've done well not to offend anybody so far in this episode, mate. It's not doing it now, eh? <laughs> oh, it's not over yet, though, man. Come on now. It's just, uh... <laughs> should we just, uh, you know, throw court sorts into the conversation somewhere, do you know what I mean? Or should we just leave that out of it this episode? <laughs> he, he, uh, he is still an overachiever. I'll say it all day long, but, you know, but it, it's, uh... I, lo- I love that guy to death. He knows this. Oh, man. It's always good to shout Cool out on the show. He's picking up on that as well. And uh, Derek, um, what you got coming up next, mate? Uh, the usual. Actually, a few of my shows are on hiatus, mm. unfortunately. Uh, my Legion show, Underwater Kaiju, is on hiatus because of personal right. things. The main host of that show. But uh, one day it might come back. But, you know, I have... a. Uh, few other shows on the dark discussions network that you guys should check out mm-hmm. if you haven't of course a uh, cinema attack which i think i'm not sure if it's out yet it's either today or maybe i don't know i don't know when they get released over there sometimes but uh we just did a top 15 90s action movie list where we run down our top 15 which you know it was gonna originally be a top 10 but i'm like Jesus Christ, there's so many good fucking movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, let's get them going, you know? Did Pastor 57 make anybody's list to everybody, you know? <laughs> I don't remember. I, I know it was, I, it was on my, like, runner-up list. I really liked it. it, it it's like, it's a it's a very efficient less than 80 minutes, I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, you know, some, some of the movies I made the list, you'd be like, whoa, you know? But uh, everyone has their own taste, but that's why I like doing those types of shows. But uh, that came out, and then, you know, they're here. Plan our next episode soon. You know, it's actually uh, thinking of a date, you know, and, you know, Lacey just came off doing, like, all those Halloween franchise shows for Cut to the Chase. So taking a little break, but, you know, definitely going to be planning our next episode soon. 
And No More Room in Hell should be recording this Sunday, and that will be coming out sometime next week. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that'd be fucking great. We're actually doing two uh, shows. We're actually doing uh, a commentary, too, on a Thanksgiving-related horror film. So there's a few to choose from. So you might want to guess what it is. I won't say what it is, because that's going to be the surprise. But that's about it for me. Awesome, man. Well, thank you, guys. Uh, well, thanks for coming on to the show today. And after talking about Captain America Winter Soldier, the end result to that show is that we found another podcast, Ricky Morgan, called Awkward Boner Podcast. So there you go. <laughs> I never thought that would be the result, yes. but that's where we got to. Awkward Boners. <laughs> Awkward Boners. You know what? It's, it's, not, it's not that much out of their own possibility because, you know, that, that'd be a fun discussion. Yeah. Like, what, what, what's, the, what's the first film that ever got you out as a young man in a... Uh, I think I've discussed this many times on my show, and that's there's the scene in how or the duck where Beverly crawls across the bed in her undies. Right. That, that's where that's where Gary became a man. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Gary. Just say when when you was on the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street three, mate, and you was in out of space, and we lost communication. I was a little bit gutted when I couldn't get you on board for that little scene with a nurse. With the oh, dudes, with the know, nurse, yeah, man, with, with yeah. the tongues and the mm. the breasts and the yeah, yeah. you was you yeah, yeah animal. Even even, <laughs> even Joey's got a shot at those breasts, but he couldn't till the end of the movie. So <laughs> yeah, even though you wasn't there, Gary, your animal spirit was there with us for that oh, show. Beautiful. All right, okay, so don't worry about that. All right. <laughs> is that like some Brave Star stuff, man? You know what Brave Star is? Yes, I do. Yeah, that's yes. it. <laughs> Okay, well, there we go. Awkward boner and breast. There we go. So we'll leave it at that. So, uh, there you go, guys. Uh, hope you enjoyed the show. And a little bit of admin from myself. I'm a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. So, please go and check out the other shows. Uh, Derek Bourgeois and Gary Hill's shows there, as I've mentioned. And uh, you can find my show on Spotify, um, iTunes, YouTube, several other players on the internet. If you type in Bite Size Cinema Podcast Legion, be able to find the shows there i will be back soon i've got a couple of episodes lined up i've got a solo episode of outland with sean connery coming up uh i've got the mummy with a a special guest kate pollock who's one of my listeners she's coming on board for that and dan bone and myself will be doing planes trains and automobiles so look out for those episodes so yes that's it yeah great movie I want my fucking curl. <laughs> uh, so, um, there you go, guys. Uh, keep it bite size, keep it safe, and we'll see you soon. See you later. show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the podcast 
Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Metal Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.